very close friends with Patrick Bryce, the filmmaker, and we're obsessed with weird people. And we're obsessed with people who sit too close together and have no personal space boundaries and <laughs> stare you in the eye and, and make you feel uncomfortable. And they, we find them funny and weird and sometimes terrifying. And so we thought, wow, let's explore this Craigslist adventure that really goes down the wormhole. Um, and we started shooting this film, and, and as a traditional filmmaker would script the whole film, plan it out, and shoot it, we made an outline, went and shot for a few weeks, threw it together, put it in front of an audience, and then started letting them tell us what to do. And at a certain point, the audiences and the film itself was begging us to go down a very dark and disturbing road. We thought it was going to be more of a personal interrelationship movie at first, but um, it just got intensely creepy and creepy and creepy. And Jason and I know each other a bit socially and, and, and we've been wanting to work together. So I was like, I know the last thing he wants to see right now is another fucking found footage movie <laughs> because, because he's done, but I'm going to show him this thing and, um, and see if he can help us. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Hey, did you guys see the Robert Eggers Nosferatu remake has wrapped filming? Yep. Yes. I'm kind of surprised. The last I knew it was still casting. I had no idea they were, I think everybody was surprised. They had to get ahead of the uh, writer's strike. Exciting. Yeah. yeah I was I'm a little better. disappointed when I first heard that Anya Joy Taylor is going to be in it. I was hoping that she would be Nosferatu. I don't think she's in it at all. She's not in it at all, but no. I, I thought oh, maybe like, you know, <laughs> Mia Goth I can see it. or somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see it. Uh, I also saw today Terrifier 3 has been greenlit with uh, sounding like possibly double the budget. A small French company. I think it's called Coven. Oh. <gasps> Nice, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it. Coven. <laughs> I signed on. Coven King. <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but one of these days we're going to talk about Terrifier movies. Right. Are we? Mm. I want Can't to. Wait. You, yeah. you didn't love Terrifier too. I did. I liked it. I yeah, did. I thought it was my uh, number five or six from last year. I wouldn't go that far. Wouldn't? Would you go top ten, 2022? Yeah, maybe. You know, I did really maybe. like it, and I, you had hyped it quite a bit, and we went together, and I still liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. I haven't watched it. Oh, because I've think... been waiting for someone to we'll get make there. Me watch it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, to pick it. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. It's too long, but yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. It's long. Yeah. Some of these movies, Cat doesn't want to watch unless you like hold her by the scruff of the neck and make her stare at me. <laughs> when <laughs> she Look says at it. saving it, yeah, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> saving it for uh, gunpoint. Case in point. Yeah, I'm just this saving week. that for gunpoint. <laughs> oh, this week. It's Kevin's found footage week, although I would dispute the found footage category for one of these. Yeah, I didn't really call it a found footage week. They oh. just kind of... It's found footage and, It's yeah, very they, found footage Yeah, they're kind of, you know, they're home movies. Yeah. I think, one, I think one is found footage and one is mockumentary. Okay. Home movies is a good... Yeah, they're just, good they're title. home movies. Yeah. 
VHS. We're going to start with a little movie called The Poughkeepsie Tapes, which depending on when you heard about this movie, you might think it came out in 2007, you might think it came out in 2014, or you might think it came out in 2017. But we can get into that. So basically, in the 90s, a series of murders are happening in Poughkeepsie, which is a little town in New York. And eventually, they link all of these murders together when they find a series of hundreds of home movies in an abandoned house. And they watch these films and discover that a man has been terrorizing the area, filming all of these horrific crimes that he's committing. And uh, done in sort of a true crime documentary type format, you get taken through all kinds of news footage and FBI profilers and college professors and everybody as they analyze these films and take you through some of the gruesome home movies from this killer and ultimately leave you completely unsatisfied by never figuring out who the killer is. This is one for me. This is right around the time that I discovered bloodydisgusting.com. And this was a, a trailer, like maybe like 05, 06, that had like the whole horror community on the internet just buzzing. This had one of the best trailers that I'd seen in a while uh, from up and coming brand new filmmakers, the Dowdle Brothers, and everyone was psyched. And then all of a sudden it just disappeared. Uh, came out at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2007. MGM picked it up. It was going to get this big release. And then literally it just disappeared. And even to this day, you know, all these years later, I still can't quite figure out why MGM just dropped this movie from its slate. And then in 2014, it popped up very briefly on video on demand, but still no physical copies. And then finally, in 2017, uh, it did get a physical release and did start popping up on streaming. We watched this, or at least I watched this for free on Tubi. But I wanted to revisit this one because I was like super hype on this movie when I first heard about it, then kind of forgot about it. And I just wanted to see like, if I remembered it as fondly as I did when I finally got my hands on it. Um, to me, it's a little bit disappointing going back and seeing it now. It's really, uh, there isn't a whole point to the movie other than like assaulting your senses. So for me watching this, it was just so much screaming and it, it's a really mean film. Uh, so all of the, you know, it reminded me a little bit of like that Ethan Hawke film, like Sinister, when like he's finding those home movies and watching some of those, um, which in my opinion is, is a much better done film. But in this one, it's kind of intercut with the, with the home movies from this serial killer, which I mean, from a horror perspective, they're, they're, they're effective. And then it's just kind of intercut with some really bad acting and fake interviews um, that sort of like take you out of the mood. And by, I would say halfway through, I was really kind of over listening to people scream in his basement for like five consecutive minutes. So maybe it's the hype and how long I had to wait for it. Maybe it's going back and revisiting it when these types of films are, are done much better today. But, you know, worth a watch. I think it's worth a, a talking to just because of its kind of lore in the horror community. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I it had like a skinnamarink uh, buildup. Uh, but much like Skinamarink, or my opinion of it, I think that it should have just been a trailer and just quit while it was ahead because there are some truly scary images that flash in this. There's some cool use of like the, the VHS-looking uh, footage, but uh, then it just delves into all this like almost like a Netflix true crime doc. I think they copied this whole thing. 
the acting is so <laughs> stiff and wooden and you don't really latch on to anybody in and the whole film you, maybe a little bit uh Cheryl uh and the, yeah. the the part is a part where she's doing an interview speaking fondly uh of her Stockholm syndrome master and she reaches up to like scratch her head and you see that she has no hand I thought uh. that was a particularly chilling image it is very very mean I agree with that but I think Lake Mungo was around the same time as this, and it reminds me a little bit of that in yeah. the way it lays yeah. out. And I think that was done a little bit better. You got to know some people. You cared about shit. In this, I didn't care about anybody the whole time. And it was a little bit annoying how much the killer was always one step ahead and that the FBI was uh, just giving out all this information uh, deep specific things about the case <laughs> true and also <laughs> i didn't think about that because yeah. we'll talk about the story right. there but if if you are in the the world of this movie and the timeline of this movie you might not want to be putting this movie and out. also article number two <laughs> i'd like to introduce uh, is that camera up there is most likely what he would be recording vhs onto and he's wrestling these women with ether and whatever he's doing he's it's doing a, all this wrestling while holding this big, heavy camera. Dave's pointing at a large, a large camera. Old you would, school. it would be very <laughs> hard full size to VHS incapacitate there. someone while filming them on it, this with like, with a big pointy, like uh, eyes wide shut mask on in no a car. <laughs> in a car. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I panned this one. I I thought this is a real stinker. Oh. It was a hard movie to get through for me. Hmm. Yeah, I have a theory as to why this wasn't released. Now, call me crazy. Mm. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't uh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the, the, the feeling of somebody was three quarters of the way through editing an episode of Cold Case Files or some sort of, you know, um, true crime TV show, and then they just quit. And, and this was the last edit that they had up on the day that they left, and we're watching that. I didn't think it was mean. I thought it was trying to be edgelord and yeah. failing. I, like you mentioned all the shouting, Kevin, the killer himself, when he appears on his home tapes, uh, he's just shouting all he does. He just keeps shouting. And I, the vibe I got was that that's trying to be super scary, edgelord, brutal, like, oh, my God, he's shouting. This must be real. Yeah. But it just he his voice sucks and he, he's not convincing <laughs> with the shouting to me. He's like, it's just some guy trying to be edgelord and failing bad. Um, yeah, this was a tough one. And this this is still, you know, I'm glad it's out there. It's on Tubi. Like you said, you can rent it on Redbox ad free, but that's it. That's the only VOD for this right now. Still somewhat scarce. Um, not a big fan of the uh, more like uh tapes. Poo-poo Kipsy. I don't want them. <laughs> more like Boo Kipsy tapes. Oh, there yeah. it is. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, he better not say the joke that I've been thinking Look at that, for the past that, just sitting on a pair minutes. of aces over there, <laughs> cool as a cucumber. Better not. This was definitely a movie, for sure, um, technically. Classic beginning. Classic. I um, kind of hated it because of the fake documentary kind of thing like, uh, oh this guy's a perfect killer oh he's so fucked up oh can you believe it um but in another vein there are definitely scenes that stuck that have stuck with me since i watched it 
I so funny thing, I get my nails done for my my uh, for my friend Sarah. Shout out to Sarah, very good nails on Instagram. And sometimes I'm like, hey, let's watch this horror movie while you do my nails. Luckily, the TV was behind her this time, and so I just watched this movie while she did my nails, and she couldn't really hear over the drilling. So I was just wa- I watched a lot of it um, in closed captions. And uh, I think that was for the best because I'm pretty sure Sarah loves horror movies. You know, she's she's down with uh, she listens. You know, she's down with the with our scene. Uh, oh, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, there were definitely moments where she's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Just uh, yeah, just keep facing this way." It was fucked up in like an emotional way for me, as opposed to like the gore. Not that there wasn't gore. Like the gore was was there, yeah, but it I mean, was, is there? It was, you know, him cutting up bodies on like yeah, yeah, shimmering yes. tape or whatever, like crime scene photos. Um, but I think it was less effective on my little emotional being because just there were so many fucked up things that happened. But it's kind of like Trent said; it's like they're just trying to be fucked up, and it just. It was effective in a different way. It was kind of like, yeah, whatever, he kills and tortures people, ha ha ha, until you get to like the Cheryl Dempsey parts. And that's when it kind of takes a turn where you're like, fuck, come on, man. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, so there was like the weird mask, but not like the pointy, like eyes wide shut one. It's like the one where he's like on all fours, like creeping in the background to the yes, other he's woman. He's got two masks ha- on. He's it. got yeah. two that's fucking ha- masks. That's about on. to happen. We're oh, watching. Oh, that's what that's what this movie is about. It's that. He However many both. seconds of this that's in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailer. That's it's what's like that's, the meme that's you the can best, find. Yeah, you've yeah, seen like, the best part. Well, I should have just <laughs> watched the trailer then. But there was that. And then obviously like the hand thing that fucking Dave said once that fucking hand came up. I was like, fuck that. I didn't even, I didn't notice the hand thing. Oh, I gotta man. be honest. I was Staring pretty right checked at out it. at that point. Yeah, well, and then there was like the weird like head in the womb thing that he did. Yeah. For, like that. Anyway, I was I was just also mad at this movie for tricking me into thinking that he had been caught because they like Tarantino it. They start it with we found these tapes in the house and ha ha ha. And then, nope, they kind of did the little switcheroo. I knew that that Foley guy wasn't him because it wasn't. Climactic There's too enough. much time left in the movie. There's yeah, no exactly. That is, I'm like nobody nah, was fooled like when you minutes. pretend to wrap up the case yeah. at an hour in. You're like, well, so that's stupid. obviously not the guy. <laughs> um, but I assume because they had found the tapes in the house that I was like, well, we'll figure out who it is soon. No, so it's like I wasted some time. I'm not going to say the cliche thing that Dave hates when I say. I mean, I think that, that counts. Time back. I think you're. I'm already, never going. At least it. I was getting my nails done while I watched it. So yeah. I, I was, you know, I was doing stuff. Does that really count? It counts. Does that count as watching a movie? Yes, I was watching it. I and does it? I've, yes, it does. I okay. could hear it. I just and I, I was watched it at Target. I was shocked. Fuck off. Listen, I'm a busy woman, and sometimes I got to multitask. Um, well, you weren't missing much. Well, yeah. True. So, anyway, probably not going to watch this one again. But I feel like I've been reliving some moments from it ever since, and I'm excited to uh, put this film <laughs> behind me. I think that's the problem. Is it's a series of intentional scenes just to get like a rise out of you mm-hmm. yeah. but like i don't know who you know in editing and again john eric dowdle he's the director the writer yeah uh, he edited this I'm and he works sh- with his brother yeah who like produces yeah 
I'm not sure how some of these scenes, like he, like nobody gave him a suggestion of like that went on for like two minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I we've all seen our fair share of fucked up movies, but yeah. when even it, it, it almost took away from the emotion and the scariness of some of the sequences when it's like you're getting annoyed. Like, yeah. can you please? I mean, this sounds terrible, but can you please kill her? Yeah. So that she'll stop screaming. <laughs> there was uh, a lot because of it's screaming, gone on yeah. for way too long. Yeah. Uh, and I never even thought about the fact that, like, when he screams, he sounds like an angry teenage he boy. He doesn't. Say, yeah. Like, he's not convincing at, at all. Like, I'm not going to clean my room. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Told you not to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned Lake Mungo. We watched this earlier, and Tubi went right to Lake Mungo yeah, after I this. I kept watching yeah. when I was getting my nails done. I was like, Ooh, Lake Mungo. All right, let's watch this. I would say Lake Mungo way better than this, not a little bit better. Oh yeah, watch Lake Mungo is great. This one, I I think that one of the things about this movie is the uh, I I consider this a mockumentary, and I think the Achilles heel of most mockumentaries is the interviews. You know, if the interviews are not very realistic, then that's it. Your whole gag is done because I don't. To me, it's just it's different than. It's different than a, a an actor playing a fictional character, maybe not doing the greatest job or not being the most believable. But when the actor is playing a real person who doesn't exist in the movie, the, the actor is playing someone real. And I just you've got to really nail that. And there's too much time with the profiler. And the guy that watched all the the he's, guy who's he's the worst. Oh, he's so the that, worst. So that's it. I mean, game over. You, you it just, really was. You're not in there. And then, like you said, it seemed like it was just take a bunch of the most grotesque serial killer profiling tropes that now are so well worn, even more so than when when this was made, and just just put all those in there and say he did this and he did that. It, it just was like. A real patchwork. Oh, throw in a Ted Bundy reenactment interview. Because oh my God! Ted that... Bundy did interviews with profilers, of course, and so oh, Awful. he's in there. I mean, it's just all over the place. I think you have to remember that this isn't. If this came out in O, or if it was supposed to come out in O seven, right? I, I swear to God, I think I saw the trailer around O five, O six. Yep. If it's the Dowdle Brothers' first foray into films, they were probably it's well, conceivable the, to think that they were working had, on this for a couple years. Dowdle before. had direct, yeah, he had done like two features, but not commercial. Uh, I mean, they're not anywhere now. I think they were. Amateur. So if you're putting like the conception of this film around like oh three oh four ish, it's yeah. not that far removed from the Blair Witch Project. And I don't know if you remember, I mean, one of the things the Blair Witch tried to do was make us all think that it was real. Yeah. And then they had like the fake History Channel documentary and all that. So I think this probably took a page out of that. Definitely. And if this had come out at the time, you know, when it was like super hyped, I mean, they drop in so many things like the FBI guys, like, I'll tell you one thing. You know, if he's still out there when this documentary hits theaters, he's going to go it. see it as many times as possible. <laughs> well, we know that's what they do. Yeah. They they Never go back it. to the scene of the crime. You know, every cliche in the book. Yes, But, but you're right about the guy that had to watch the tapes. He's one of the first Brutal. fake interviews that they show. And he shits the bed right, right, right from the get go. Yeah, and then he has the scene like, you know, I left it on and my wife watched part of it one night. <laughs> That's she so funny. she wouldn't let me touch her for a I, year. Yeah, that's, oh my god. Yeah, that's, that's why. That's so that's bad. <laughs> I think that it reminds me of like those YouTube like what the fuck movies, you know, like you watch like this terrifying weird video, it's some 
person made a weird claymation mask and they just do something weird and it's kind of creepy like just take those parts out of this forget all the talking you know maybe like Skidamarink and this could actually marry each other where you just have all these scary images uh I think this might even work for me in that way but uh, everything in between, it was like we were talking about with Final Destinations that you can skip through to just the kill scenes or just the, the gore scenes or the shock scenes because yeah, the rest of it's just kind of filler. Yeah, even, even the actual, even those scenes, I just, I didn't really buy much at all. And, and they try to do, there's a scene at the end where the guy busts out the, oh, there were 13 missing tapes though. You know, we have 800, but. It turns out there were some missing ones, and he says, I wonder what was on those tapes. And I'm thinking, I don't wonder, because I just saw the best of 800, <laughs> and it was all pretty boring. They're not really tantalizing me with the tapes idea. But I think that was part of the appeal, and that, and I was thinking about that, Kevin, the, the time that this was supposed to come out was earlier internet, and it was a totally different environment for horror movies. It wasn't like now, where it's just, you can't even keep track. It was hard to find this information and when you found out about a movie you remembered it and you waited for like a year and that i think that's part of why we still remember this and also the title it just makes it seem like oh it's tapes like you know yeah. it just it had that thing and uh i think that's why it's you know it's still around either way i think the dowdle brothers would go on to do some pretty cool stuff i mean as above so below trent you were talking about that on the yeah. text thread that's one that I've never really talked about because I assume I would get made fun of, <laughs> but it's honestly a, <laughs> yeah. it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I think it's pretty well done. I think you nailed it in your comment. Your comment, like, just get through all the bullshit that got you there and just enjoy yeah, yeah. what happens when like yeah, shit really starts to happen. Yeah. I think it's a pretty clever film. They would do the rec remake, Quarantine. Yeah, which, a good one. Yeah, that's what not, I was gonna say. Let's let's talk a little bit good about. John Eric Dottle, because I think he did go on to do some stuff like Devil. He directed Devil, which yeah. was the M. Night. That was when M. Night Shyamalan first started handing his films off. I enjoyed that one. I think this this makes sense as an early effort. I think I see what was trying to be done here. I get what they were trying to do. I think they failed. And I did, just to have something good to say this week, I watched As Above, So Below. Not not a, like, um, a well-reviewed movie, really, but I liked it. I thought... Yeah, once you get past all the dumb stuff you're supposed to accept, being uh, trapped underneath the French catacombs is scary as hell. And it's found footage again. Um, so, guy's done some good stuff. I have a question about this this movie. Toward the end here, it says that she committed suicide. Cheryl right. Dempsey committed yeah. suicide two weeks after the interview. And that she left behind a note. How do you do either of these things with no hands? She, she has one. one hand. She got one hand. Oh, she got it was one a hand. messy yeah. note. Yeah. Well, I, I assume they, we never. I didn't think we ever saw the other. One. I was just picturing her like bashing her head on something and uh, trying to write a note with a stump. No, Listen. she has a, a hand. Yeah. Uh, how about the nine eleven angle? The nine eleven twist oh is introduced God. very late in the film. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, good, but also just terrible. Also, I, is it good? <laughs> Or were they just like, yeah, let's well, yeah, because throw that a lot of things, too. you know, you do read about things and and hear about things that happened around nine eleven, mm -hmm. just like any major event like that. I, that. I put out a great record that year, and it got totally <laughs> squashed like by nine eleven. Nine eleven. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> I was having a great year. I had the best year of my life. Uh, no one knows it. it culminated. It didn't happen. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's used as an excuse as to why people didn't find out about one of the twists in the movie. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, I'm not done with this thing yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, the balloon scene? Oh, yeah. I'm when, sitting on a, a balloon right now. One. Some of the tapes are so bizarre. They don't even have to do with killing, and it's like, him yelling at a woman to blow up a balloon and sit on it. It's like pop supposed it! to be... <laughs> yeah, pop it. It's supposed to be some sort of like edgelord kink and you're just sitting there like, no, what? That's like the most tame Why kink ever. am I watching? Okay, and the helicopter raid on the suspect's house, mm-hmm. the, the, the cop says, well, we were not taking any chances on this one. We're going all in. And they show him like it's the A-team. They raid his house with a helicopter. Now, I'm no expert, but I don't think that you raid a suspect's house in a helicopter. Well, you're not <laughs> they, doing they, it right. They would hear that a long way away and realize that you're coming. I mean, I've just never seen that. It does. Maybe that's a thing that they do, but I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that it could have been a fa- like the Girl Scout scene. Like that's probably that as good, close as they get to scene. suspenseful. Yes, the Cheryl Dempsey when he abducts her. Mm-hmm. Good suspense. Like yeah. that's a there good some sequence. Good Absolutely. That's what this movie is lacking: is suspense. Yeah, it's hitting you over the head with either bad acting, super cliche, like FBI profiler, dude that watched the tapes, guy that's teaching the class, and then just like shock value. Oh like, yeah, the guy lo-fi lo-fi class. saw uh, footage. Uh, some huh? of the, yeah, lo-fi saw footage. Yeah. Yeah, some of the interviews to the locations. Did you guys notice the guy? It's a quick one, but he's cooking at a barbecue. <laughs> did you notice the guy? He's like, he's at the grill having a family barbecue, and he's talking about, you know, the like kill- killer fucking a headless body. Yeah, it's so weird. All right, the second movie, my little home movie week here, is 2014's Creep, directed by Patrick Bryce, who was also one of the uh, two stars of the movie. So when struggling videographer Aaron, who is hard up for some cash, answers a personal ad where he is going to be given $1,000 to film a stranger for one day, he travels up a mountain to a secluded cabin and meets Joseph. And as the day goes on, Aaron's easy, quick cash grab gets more and more precarious and bizarre as he discovers that a day in the life of Joseph is not exactly a normal day in the life. So this is another one that I had not seen probably since it first came out on streaming. It stars, uh, other than Patrick Bryce, the director, as the videographer Aaron. We have Mark Duplass as Joseph. And Joseph is the weirdo in the cabin that's paying $1,000 to have somebody film him for the day. This is, uh, to me, an absolute brilliant flick. It's super, super low budge, super small cast, very confined setting. And Mark Duplass's uh, performance as our creep is unbelievable. I mostly knew him from comedy. Some other horror things, um, the Lazarus Effect or the Lazarus Project, something like that, one of those 
but his performance in this is unlike anything I had seen out of him, and it's it's phenomenal. As far as like horror goes, we definitely get into it later in the film, but for the most part, it's really a character study about you know the positions that we put ourselves in in life and exactly how far will you go before you're like all right i'm out of here so it's one of those classic um you know sort of like sociological experiments to where you can watch this movie and you're constantly kind of like giving aaron shit in your mind because you're like dude this guy is just getting progressively weirder and potentially more dangerous get out of there but then you also kind of struggle with your inner uh, asking yourself questions and you're like, you know, would I have stuck around? Would I have stuck around? And, and I think by the end of the movie, you honestly ask yourself, who is more fucked up and desperate? Is it Aaron or Joseph? Um, but for what I said about the Poughkeepsie tapes in terms of like lack of suspense, this one is full of it. Uh, it's also very darkly comedic. And I think this is another one where we have a sequel that's out there. This is on Netflix. The sequel's on Netflix. Um, and I think we talked about it last week with Final Destination, where the sequels might be better. Might I think be. the sequel mm. to Creep is better, might but be. only because Creep exists. Exactly, because it builds on it so brilliantly. Exactly. Yeah, so this is yeah, a good yeah. one. Hopefully I can redeem myself from the uh, Boo Kipsy <laughs> tapes, as Kat so lovingly put it. Uh, what'd you guys Somebody think? shit in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't one of the dogs. It wasn't so. the dogs, finally. <laughs> right off the bat, the first thing that popped into my brain was a woman filmmaker would never do this. <laughs> Until you saw the sequel. Well, so this is interesting because I did not watch the sequel. But right off the bat, I was like, no, 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 no. It was kind of like when we watched Barbarian and we're like, if those roles had been switched, no way is that woman letting a random guy like into you know her Airbnb rental. That's kind of what I thought like right off the bat with this. I was like, if this had been a woman filmmaker, she'd be like, nope, I'm out of here. This one was interesting, I suppose. It was uh, pretty slow going, but I think that added, you know, to the suspense of you trying to figure out what the hell Duplass was up to uh, this entire time. With the title, you figure it's going to be some weird shit, probably, but it takes, a, would say, a little while to get going. But then the, you know, filmmaker escapes, you know, this big house after some weird shit goes on, and you think, oh, okay. Well, what's going to happen now? Because there's still like an entire other half of the movie. So that was interesting where it kind of took me in a different place than than I really thought it would. Um, I thought he was maybe going to get like held captive in like a basement or something like that. But no, he just kind of like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm home. That was weird. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, is the movie done now? No. And it's only, it's a little over an hour long. It's like an hour and like An hour and 15 15 minutes or something something like like that. that. Yeah, Yeah, so... It was like um, the suspense makes it feel like it goes a lot longer than it actually does. Um, But it just it feels like it takes a lot to get to the next like event, like thing. Um, Who knows? Murder. I don't know. I don't know, guys. This sounds like a pan to me. You're like panning it in a nice voice. You didn't really care for this one. No, I said it was interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I didn't (laughs) I wouldn't say I loved the film. It's, uh, you know, you got some some stocky, stalkery things going on. And then, I don't know, I felt like it was kind of anticlimactic until that, you know, the big swing, I would call it, maybe. The big, you know. The climax. The cli- yeah. It wasn't a climactic climax for me, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You didn't like it. 
Yeah, it's you know, Do but it wasn't like it. I liked it more than the fucking. You liked poop it tapes. more than right. Poopy tapes. Okay, I love this one. I this is a great one. It holds up great. I saw this a few years ago. I think it's almost like a package deal, especially because it's so short. And the sequel is short, too. It's about the same time, like an hour 20. Brilliant. Uh, th- this reminded me of um, stuff like Something in the Dirt we talked about or Scare Me. We talked about this kind of two-hander, stagey, you know, mono a mono kind of thing. Just you have the two characters and... The whole thing is their dance and their performances, their dialogue, so good. And I thought this was legit scary. It gets, to me, it gets scary, Uh, especially after their initial rendezvous ends. That's when, to me, it gets really scary. Um, Loved it. And and I had to go, had to watch the sequel again after this. Uh, And there is supposed to be a Creep 3 in the works. I will be ready to go uh, when that comes out. This, this, I think this is, a, this is as good as you can really get, I think, in found footage, especially in a, an indie small budget. This just has every, everything you could ask for. I would highly recommend this on Netflix. It's VOD too. Very, very good. I love this. I could just watch this forever. Yeah. Mark Duplass is completely captivating. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think that if like, scare me and like speak no evil had a baby it would be something like this oh yeah it does you know, have that speak no evil it has the like, like when do you go right you know right. kind of thing yeah, like when yeah. is too much when have you been pushed <laughs> too far um you know with the tubby time and the hugs oh, i love how everything unfolds it's just Pete it seems Fuzz. like it's not gonna be that bad it's like okay i'll be in the tub <laughs> but this is hats. this is bro horror Ooh, because I, yeah. I feel like maybe you would understand it more if you because we know guys like this. This is a personality type. Yeah. I specifically I mean, don't hang out with people like this. But then you also have like the rich guy kind of angle that is, you know, a little bit of the leverage over why he's staying. I love Peach Fuzz. Sometimes when masks are involved in things like this, they're not they don't really pull it off. And I thought it was such a weird jarring mask <laughs> that yeah, it's had these great. like it is big great. beady eyes and i love the part that i thought was really just off-putting is when he was addressing like aaron or the camera as his son buddy yeah after yeah. his death <laughs> so i thought yeah. that was hilarious and he's like talking to him like a baby <laughs> and like he's doing all these motions as though he's like right you know, this is a video for his right. So he's speaking child. to his unborn child, but he's speaking to Aaron, <laughs> right? So he's doing all these creepy things, and there's always, it's kind of like classic now over the two films. But there's these crazy <laughs> jump scares all the time that are just the guy who pranks you and, and scares you, and it's nothing more than that. It's always just him pop- popping up and thinking it's funny to like, scare people. Whoops! <laughs> but he's yeah. always crossing the line, but like not too far. And he's just such a enigma. He's such a character that this Patagonia fucking white guy. <laughs> I don't know. It almost reminds me of like Namaste could kind of be like this because he almost yeah. has this like holistic vibe about his. He has healing. kind of a new agey vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's saying he's saying he has cancer and he's gonna die and his wife's pregnant and he's making this. He even references my life, the Michael Keaton movie, and says he wants to make like a movie like that. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Tubby Time because that like it's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in a movie. Period. 
is a, a grown man naked in a tub making another grown man film him while he pretends to bathe right. his invisible baby. baby. Yeah, an invisible baby. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, Aaron, the filmmaker in the the character, had like an ignorance is bliss kind of thing going on where it's like, okay, so you show up at this house, he's talking about his wife, blah, blah. Where are the pictures of his family in this yeah. big home? Yeah. It, why is his wife not there right now? Yeah. At what point... Do you not question these things? I don't know. There's no vetting, I feel like, that happened for this uh, time in the woods with this random stranger. I I think part of the idea is that Aaron, the filmmaker, is also a fucked up guy. Mm -hmm. I think most people's threshold would have been far, far sooner. And then he even goes back for more. So, I, I mean, I think that's part of it. He's not supposed to be normal either I think i'm not sure i pick up on those things oh well, i i, I did because cap, I did cap brings up a good now. point yeah. with uh so joseph has this i called it like a cabin it's a beautiful mountain yeah. home yeah. like it's not a evil dead cabin this is like a legit really nice uh house but to your point with like the lack of pictures when and I like you, I was super like surprised wa- rewatching this that like when um when Aaron escapes and gets home, like I kind of like hit pause and I was like, how is there forty minutes left in this movie? Like mm-hmm. it's really bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when Aaron gets home, he doesn't call any friends to talk about this weird thing that happens nope. to him. He just keeps filming himself. He's just talking to his camera. Aaron's yeah. home. Yeah. He's he doesn't living, call the police. He's like, living by himself. Well, he does. He, he does, does eventually afterwards. call the police. But yeah. There's yeah. no pictures of him and friends. There's no girlfriend in the picture. Both of these guys have some like serious yes. like bro down issues. Exactly. I um, think that's a well. A big I mean, part Joseph's is an yeah. act. But to like your point, like why you know why wouldn't he just go away and and why wouldn't he run and you because know how does he get away with like the jump scares? Yeah, <clears throat> it's that, because Joseph is so over the top pushy. Yeah. Like so, when I was questioning, like oh, I would have gotten out of there like after this scene or after this scene. But Joseph's so quick to be, become apologetic and totally flip it that I'm like, I can totally, I can see my, I can't say with 100% certainty that I wouldn't be duped into staying at least as long as Aaron did. But when I got home, I would have been like, guys, this is fucked up. Four guys a day like him text me. They're, they probably texted me during the show. Like, bro, let's go. I remember That's... there's this complete wasteoid that is always trying to get me Hold to Hold on, I'm seeing if I texted rafting. Dave today. <laughs> Whitewater rafting. Yeah, he's the most wasted dude you've ever met, and he looks just so unhealthy. And you want, I'm gonna take you whitewater rafting, you and your whole family. Oh, and I no. try to like make it wholesome. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, that's well, okay yeah, all over your face. You talk about my family. It's a transaction. He's paying. You know, Aaron needs this money. It's a thousand dollars for one day, and that's what it reminded me of too, Dave. It's like these guys that are paying for something. And you got to be their friend, and they're just. This is what they're like. Jr. <laughs> like, I mean, many, many examples uh, that I could cite anecdotally, but that's that's kind of the the vibe. And and I think that Aaron is a lonely, searching kind of empty guy, also, and that's why he is so <laughs> easily drawn. Yeah, I into feel this. like, uh, especially as a a musician it's almost like the filmmaker thing you get into these situations with these rich guys where exactly. you're a little bit you know uh you're trying to be accommodating you're kind of beholden the guy's giving right. you a thousand dollars what right. are you, <laughs> you got, hey he's a little weird you know he puts the mask on sometimes 
<laughs> that might have done it for me. <laughs> I can like, literally hear myself explaining this. Yeah, yeah, that's my, what I'm saying. Like yeah, by the end yeah. of this movie, when I was like so confident that I would be like, "Fuck this!" I never would have let it go this far. Then I was like, "No, nope, I can, I can see that." Y'all, I would. What is wrong with you? I would have been out of there. Yeah. The second I pulled up to that weird house. I think you'd appreciate the sequel a lot. It's worth a watch. It's great. Chat. I would, I, I would really like to. Maybe I'll just pick that next. It might. Yeah, I will like watch it on it, my own volition. It might I be will. better, but it needs that. It builds on this. And you, you watch this movie, you kind of think, "Well, how could you do a sequel?" You've already done every trick in the back that this situation really could do, and it really ups the ante. But you know, the most interesting thing to me about rewatching it now—I had seen it once before, a few years ago, not long ago. Watching it now, I saw so many things right away that tip off that this guy's lying. It's really, really well done. There are right from the jump, right when they first meet. If you go th- go back and watch, and you know that he's lying, so many things don't make sense just from running up the stairs he's winded for like five minutes and he says at the top of the stairs oh you never get used to these stairs you know and he's so winded for so long me you would be used to it if you did that every day all right so he clearly hasn't done that every day uh when he goes to his closet and when you first see peach fuzz he's obviously rummaging around through the closet he doesn't know what's there he's finding stuff looking at it and then naming it and then like making something up all of these things now watching it was really interesting to see all the clues that you know the first time you don't know well the restaurant scene that's on right now he's like let's go get the best pancakes oh yeah then he sits down (laughs) opens the menu and his first line is what's good here yeah (laughs) yeah there's a lot of that i like how he uh whenever he shows up somewhere it's like boo He's like jumps up and then whenever he leaves, he scurries off. He like runs everywhere he goes and he's always <laughs> he's so always fast and energetic. Away. It just, it's the kind of person that makes you feel like, oh, I'm, I must be some sort of introvert. I must be antisocial. This guy's just friendly. I think for where this ends up too, it, it does end up, like I said, it ends up in a very firm horror spot in terms of, yeah, you know. But, 100%, no question about it. But I do think it does a good job, even though I had seen this a few times before, I do still appreciate, and I think anyone that hasn't seen this, you, I think this the same could be said for a first watch. It does a great job of, of keeping you on your toes and a little bit off balance about where it's really going to go. Because it, for a lot of this, like, you know, to Dave's point, talking about we've all met people like this, well, maybe not quite like this, but with some similar traits... It does, you you do still spend a, a decent portion of the movie kind of wondering how harmful Joseph really is, how harmless he could end up being. Uh, it doesn't really give away where it's going to end up. He could have been a little bit more ambiguous. I, I think that could have been played with a little more subtlety, but I've also seen it a couple times now. So um, I did watch some alternate endings there. If you, uh, if you have the physical media copy of this, there's a a bonus, there's a couple bonus endings and they're very different. There's three very different endings to this movie or, you know, three total. Um, And I really love seeing that stuff because it's such a cool insight into the way some of these things are made. And from my understanding is that they, they were kind of going along by the seat of their pants when they made this. They were shoot. They would shoot scenes, and then they would watch the scenes, and then they would go from there and decide, well, what should happen next. And and uh, Duplass has said that there are multiple versions of just about every scene in this movie, and there are multiple endings. And I like to imagine them, you know, getting all this footage together, 
you know, we tend to think of these things as kind of shot, uh, produced and, and put out, but a lot of it happens in the editing room after the fact. And, uh, I, I, they, they chose the right ending for sure. There's no question in my mind. There's one much more ambiguous ending and there's one, um, all, they're, they're both more ambiguous than this ending. I think they chose the right ending. I love, I was shocked the first time. I was like, damn, it's so good. <laughs> I, it's brutal. It's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Right up into that, until that moment, you're like, what's he, what's he doing over there? And yeah. You're like, is he going to do something goofy again? That's crazy. And then you're like, nope, that was not goofy at all. Then you do get one last good jump scare too. Yeah, like as your yeah, jaw is kind of part. like on yeah, the yeah, floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was total experimental filmmaking. I mean, these guys come from like improv, comedic backgrounds, so right. they work. They were working with a five-page outline, and they would do multiple takes of every single scene, and then they would sit with themselves and peers, and they would watch yeah, those scenes out, and get feedback. Yeah, uh, and then they would edit. They uh, in the end they edited it all together to to what we see. And it's funny you mentioned like the alternate endings and the like the ambiguous ending, because I feel like they they did that in the sequel. So the they may not the have used is, like an ambiguous ending yes. in this one. It's very there's a finale. There's no ambiguity to the end, of but this the one, sequel but they do. Yes, it is more ambiguous. Have Have you seen? Um, there's someone inside your house from 2021. Yep. Same director. I don't think Duplass was involved in that one. I no, think no, that's no, just no, no. Uh, Bryce. Yeah, it's a little bit more of like a teen horror film. It's yeah. not bad. It's, yeah. you know, it's one of those movies where like you recognize a bunch of the actors from like uh, the Nickelodeon and Disney kid shows that you watched when your kid was like six. <laughs> now they're like adults and starring in horror movies. I mean, it's really hard to, you know, judge characters when. The movies we grew up on, I mean, this could be fucking Patch Adams. I mean, what if like Robin Williams was this guy? There's all these one-hour photo or um, insomnia. Well, well, that's dark, but I mean, there was all these feel-good movies about these oddball friendships with this quirky guy. Yeah, like the buddy movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like that, but it just (laughs) goes terribly wrong. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it's a buddy horror movie. (laughs) Well, in keeping with the theme of the week, we also have a uh, another closet full of tapes. Yeah, I like these tapes better <laughs> from what I saw, you know, from the best of collection here. Reminded me of uh, Tusk, Craigslist Horror. Mm-hmm. This is based on a yeah. on a Craigslist ad, same as Tusk. Uh, reminded me of Barbarian. That's the Airbnb horror getting into similar, you know, internet one ad horror. Well, uh, if you like penises... Creep 2 has an extended penis scene. Sure does. Ooh, of whom? Uh, now that penis has become Duplass. more po- popular in films. Duplass shows dong? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he just cool. stands there dong out there for, for a while. quite a while. Yeah. How is it? Scale I, mean, it's pretty, I don't like seeing dong in movies because it makes me wonder what my dong is like. Especially like with my wife. I don't like to watch other dongs. So I know how girls must have felt had, with he, this. Yeah. He, it appears to be a, a pretty good sized dong. Nice. Yeah. He's got a big Oh, really? Dong. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, well, maybe mine's not yeah. so bad though. Uh, when I was uh, queuing this up on Netflix, which I almost never use anymore, hardly ever on Netflix, right? Mm-mm. I noticed that movie "I See You" is mm-hmm. on there. We talked about "I See You" with Helen Hunt. Yeah, on yeah. Netflix now. That was a great one. I know. Yeah. Yeah, liked we that liked one that one. Yeah, it was a great one. Sometimes I like to think about how past Cat was in films. Yeah, and I was just so. I was such a curmudgeon back then. I was so harsh, you know? Like, thinking about, like, when I was talking about the Blair Witch Project, I, I thought, feel like I was just like, fuck this movie. And now I'm like, hey, I kind of like that movie. 
So I thought I would say you're more harsh now. Yeah, right? I, I don't think of oh. you as being more harsh then. Oh well, I you know you're like the Simon Cowell of horror. Thank you. <laughs> I wear tiny t-shirts. <laughs> he has a weird haircut. Hey, no, it's his hair normal. is so weird. That guy. I don't know this man. Um, I don't know. I, I I think sometimes I gave films a bad rep where I was like over critical of things and. Now I feel like I'm. Uh, I appreciate some things more. Maybe it doesn't come off that way, but again, I'm usually come off like an asshole. It's been so. over three years, so <gasps> yeah. wow. It's been a lot Let's of growing, a... growing and showing, and growing. Lots of growers and growers. And showers. <laughs> Next week, I spit on your grave, Big Mommy, aka Woo! Day of the Woman. Free on Tubi. I think it's it's under Day of the Woman on Tubi. It's free all over the place. You can watch this one. And it's also VOD if you want to see it uh, without ads. And we're also going to talk about a more recent rape revenge movie from 2020 called Violation. That is on Shudder.